0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Mission 300 podcast. Today we have Jason, Brian, David, no Caleb, but he'll be back next week. This week we're going to be talking about habits, small habits that have uh, helped transform us into going forward into careers and different things, small little habits that actually built into us at a young age or maybe built into us a while ago that has actually helped us later on in life for me I'm going to start off with an example Um, from school I took a English class that required a lot of reading and writing and at the time I really I really did not like reading and I couldn't focus on it and it really pushed me outside my comfort zone but it taught me to actually enjoy reading but not just enjoy reading for the content but actually analyzing the text and being able to explain it back in a way through writing. And now looking at where that habit took me in school, it was great because I passed class, I did all that stuff. But now, so much of my time is taking this information, reading an information or an article or something and analyzing it, and then pulling it into marketing material from my company and pulling into this data and how do I make it relevant for the market that we serve? And it's just interesting how this one little, little class that I took actually was like so useful. And it really built that baseline understanding that baseline knowledge of how to take something, an idea, form a thought around it and actually use it in a convincing argument. And it just goes to show how like one small little thing could actually be something very big going on later. Before the, we were getting started on the show here, Brian, you talked about Paxaw Ridge, an example you saw in that movie there. Well, the example that I was thinking
1: of is during that time when he was in basic training and there was so much junk that he had to go through and he was so ridiculed. He was, Um, for what he stood and what he believed. And he took a lot of, you would say bullying abuse, I guess you could say, but he didn't let that become part of him. And I think the biggest thing I noticed is that even during training, even with things that are really hard, but you learn how to properly respond to them, it was that fortitude is the same fortitude that caused him to go rescue 75 guys that were injured outside and pull them from the Japanese to get them down and rescued. And if you look at it, the Japanese in that scene was bullying him, but he had built a resolve how to do what's right in the midst of all that. But the point that uh, Desmond had learned is that once you're resolved in something, that habit of being resolved no matter what, the habit of doing what's right no matter what, the the habit of keeping your word no matter what, the habit, the habit of allowing your will to go the direction that it needs to go no matter what's coming against you. And his response is not getting bitter. His response was not getting angry. His response was not looking for justice. His response was to win so he could go and help more people. And I thought it was very interesting that even the one guy that actually beat him became his closest ally on the battlefield and protected him as he would go and as a medic to rescue these guys out. So he didn't just win their hearts over, he won their loyalty over because he stayed at what he did. Now that's kind of a bigger life thing, but I was just thinking of the little habit that he had made when he made a vow to God that I'm not going to do this, I won't carry a gun. This isn't an anti gun conversation, by the way. This is about a value that he didn't impose on anyone else. It was just his value. But he did not let go of that. And there was a reason that he wouldn't because he tried to kill his father. And so, in that, he made a vow to God for his mercy that I won't touch a gun again. But it wasn't that he was against the war. He wasn't against those things. He found something in him. But that resolve to keep that and to hold to that idea. Even through basic training, when he went through hell and was put in prison and almost court martialed for not taking up a gun, he would not bend on that. That is what saved the lives of 75 men in, on Hacksaw Ridge, was that same resolve. And so I was just, we were talking about how do we let little habits that seem little or non significant grow that we don't know that that is the thing that will actually be the, the power point of the bigger picture later on in our our life.
2: One thing for me was early on in college, I I made this decision that I was going to do two things uh, when it came to how I was spending my time, because I was really thinking about what's important here. I'm paying to go to this university. So how much importance do I put on class? Apparently not enough, but then how much do I put into my social life, my friends? And so I decided that if I got invited to something from, a group of friends, I would say, yes, obviously there was limits. Like, no, I'm not going to go shoot up heroin if someone invites me to that. But if someone invites me, that might be an extreme example, but you guys get the point. If someone invites me to go do something, I'm going to say, yes. The second part of that was I'm going to have this phrase, I'll do it. So if something needs to be done, if someone says, oh, you know, someone needs to do this, who can do this, who can fix this or who can clean this up? My response is going to be, I'll do it. And i started practicing those things and it it became just a it started as something i had to force myself to do obviously because if someone says man no one's taking the trash out in the hallway for a long time and my little habit i'm working on is i'll do it then i'm not going to enjoy doing that if i'm exhausted at 2 a.m and i just finished writing a paper but some of my friends say hey let's go to perkins together and hang out and i'm saying yes because i'm prioritizing spending time with people that's and it cost me something, but what it ended up doing was developing this perspective that it's not about me in these moments. And one of the one of the results of that was a couple of months ago, this new guy showed up to the Wednesday night Bible study that I do, and he hadn't been before. And he was there, you know, about twenty minutes early. And that's usually when I'm getting stuff set up, getting prepared, and I'm kind of getting in my headspace. And I saw him come in and. Sit by himself over in the the corner, and I usually go around and say hi to people, but it was really on my mind to just sit down and talk with him, and it it felt like one of those things where I'm being invited into his space, even though he wasn't the one inviting me, but I guess the point was I developed this habit of thinking of other people, what they need, what's going to help them in a certain moment, and so I just sat down and talked with him for about 10 minutes before the Bible study started and didn't think much of it, and then the following Sunday he comes back to church and he's telling a couple of the other leaders that when I took that time and talked with him, that meant the most to him out of any conversation he's had with someone in years. He would just come out of some addiction and losing some family, some jobs, and his life was basically hitting rock bottom and he was just looking for someone to connect to. Now it was, it would have been easy for me to kind of be like, well, I've got stuff to set up for Bible study. I can't spend a lot of time just chit chatting with some random person, but because I developed those habits, my perspective is not, what do I need to feel prepared for Bible study? It's, what can I give to someone else or do for someone else to help them where they're at? So
1: here's my big picture with that. Uh, In Psalms one, it talks about that if we meditate on the word day and night, we'll become like a tree. So I I know there's a spiritual implication. I know it's referring to the word of God. And I do know this is an absolute truth that what you meditate on regularly or what you do regularly is what truly defines you and what becomes you. And, you know, when we think of habits, sometimes a lot of times it's more targeted towards bad habits, but we don't realize we're habitual people. Like for instance, when you put on a shirt that's buttoned down, you don't sit and really ponder how do I put this button through that hole? You just grab it and you can actually think about something else while you're doing that. there's There's things that have become habitual that make it easier to do other things in life. They become the building blocks so we could put our mental energy towards something bigger. And so when I was thinking about this idea of the importance of habits, I was kind of tying into, I I see this a lot with Jesus, even when he was interacting with the disciples. That he helped build habits of ministry and habits. So I really I picked this up even with how Jesus trained people. Is when he trained his disciples, there was an example of a parable that was something general. Then he defined it for the disciples. Then he modeled it. He would go do something. There'd be a miracle. There would be an event that kind of brought perspective to what was just being taught. Then he would send his disciples to go do it. And so I think there's this um, a really a powerful idea that in building habits, there are building blocks so we can do the bigger things. And I think we don't always value what the habit is. And I do find it interesting that even in the story of Gideon, he had a habit that we've made him into being a coward, but actually it was his habit that caused him to become the deliverer of the nation. And that was when he went down and he was hiding behind the wine press, getting the flour and grinding some flour. <clears throat> he was actually in a place where the enemy was. He was actually in a place that the enemy would come and he wasn't supposed to be there, but he was there to get food and most likely to bring back to his family based on the custom of the day. Cause the youngest would be sent to go do that. That was a pretty valiant thing to go do. So, we we when we're looking at even characters we've got to see what those habits were that even though they weren't always a perfect habit they were actually characteristics that they carried god was calling out something he had and gideon didn't even recognize it what he was doing but he had that god didn't just go find a coward who was sitting on his couch hiding and try to get him to be something different he was actually identifying and pulling out of gideon what he what he was and he didn't even recognize it and that's where our habits come in there's things we do with our habits that define us that will be very important to our future and so um, that is what i kind of want to really kind of pull a, pull apart today and maybe find some practical things that can start being done and maybe making some of those smaller habits more important that if we focused on those the building blocks would become easier for the bigger things in life
2: honestly one of the biggest habits that i've changed and this was probably i don't know seven or eight years ago i started this because most people pray and most people pray when stuff's going bad and i was like most people so there's something crappy going on or some person i'm frustrated with and i'll pray god will you just make that go away will you change the circumstance? I'm, short on money this month. Can you send me some money or whatever it is? Like I'm frustrated with my situation here. God, can you change it somehow? But I changed my prayers very specifically from God, will you fix this to, okay, father, how would your son react or respond in this situation? So if I'm your son. So how does your son feel about what's going on? How does your son respond in this situation? And even farther than that, God, if it were you in my shoes, what would you do? how would you respond to this? And when I would do that, it was the funniest thing because when I started trying to develop that as a habit, I got so much mental pushback from, I guess you could say from myself, my old nature, whatever it was of not wanting to even just do that. No, I just want to sit in my frustration. And then I want to be frustrated enough for God to see it and do something about it. And it would actually take a little bit of working up to even pray that but the second I started doing that my whole mentality changed on things and it it didn't mean the circumstance was any different but I felt so much different in that situation whatever it was and I've done this with everything if I'm frustrated with family members or friends or if there's a huge situation going on professionally or something I've done it in all these different areas and it's it really changes my perspective and it changes i think it changes how god's able to work with me in certain areas because if i see him as just god up there and if i pray hard enough he'll do something versus no he's my father on this journey with me then he can help shift my perspective in the right way too like there was
3: one time i got pretty depressed but i wouldn't let it take over me i wouldn't keep staying in the pity party and i just kind of started working out and getting that and then it went away and then it stayed as a fight throughout uh like for the first while and then miraculously ended but I never let it get stronger and I kept fighting at it with like I guess what I had Mm -hmm. so I would say that's probably a good example
1: of how did how did Uh, you fight that though like what did you do deliberately to push it back um
3: one thing I did was, uh, even when I didn't want it or didn't feel like it, if it hit really hard, I would either start praising God or reading my Bible or something like that. And then that pushed away the it from getting any worse, and it kind of started to build things up. And then I also added like working out, which kind of builds up your natural hormones and stuff to get to take it out. And so I just kind of used a mixture.
2: I have a question on that then. So in those moments, was it that your there's this emotion of sadness and weighing down, whatever it is. Was it that your emotions in that moment suddenly changed to now you were bright and happy and you wanted to praise God and you wanted to go work out or was it still this mental, this sucks and I don't feel good right now, but I'm going to force myself to do this thing.
3: It, it was definitely, uh, this sucks and I don't want to do this right now. Like, I just didn't, My mentally I was just gone. And I'm just like, I'm just going to go for a mile run right now. And the it didn't do anything. It didn't really do that much, but I kept doing those, like do a run if I got really bad or do exercise, get, read the Bible, praise God, things like that to prevent to kind of control my emotions. And I guess, I guess, and over time, it it couldn't build up any stronger and eventually it just kind of left.
2: Because the, the reason I'm curious about that is I think a lot of people and this was myself included, we wait for our emotions to change to get the motivation to start developing good habits. And then we're shocked when we never start developing good habits, because our emotions always suck in those moments. Like get it, it for a, there's a lot of times where, and this is such a cliche when it comes to fitness, but no one really feels like going to the gym a lot. And even just the little things I do around the house, most of the time I'm not, well, there's a lot of times where I don't feel like, oh man, I'm really going to enjoy doing just 15 pushups right now. There's some times where it's, I'm just mad at everything right now. And I don't want to do pushups right now but I'm going to do it anyways. And I'm going to be mad while I do it. Like I'm going to sit in my bad attitude while I do these push-ups. but it's actually the act of doing those things that shifts my mentality. And so my the whole point is we have to, at some point start trying to develop these habits while we're still in the negativity, because you're not going to magically have your mind sparkly and rainbowy and then you're like now I really want to start a good habit you almost have to start them when you're in the pit
3: in that situation uh there's this one guy I'm not gonna say his name because that's a whole nother story but uh he kind of has a thing where people can come to him like there was one guy that went to him and he said he's just like I'm gonna kill myself tomorrow or whatever and then he says hey and then he responded and he said hey get a six-pack, get rid of all medication or anything, and just...
1: And you're referring to a six-pack muscles in the stomach, correct? Okay. just want to clarify what that was, too.
3: That's an important distinction. Uh, Get working on it. Even though you don't feel like it right now, just get on that, and then pursue that. And after that, then you can decide what you want to do. I can't stop you, but just intentionally pushing if you let yourself dwell
1: on that or it will get it'll only get worse it's interesting so we're bringing up this and this kind of sounds like because a lot of times when we're talking about habits and we've been talking about goals we're talking about these things it's always this big hard thing and we're trying to do it and i think that creates this kind of a negative cloud around habits or negative cloud around trying to do the right thing, even a negative cloud of trying to God speak something in the Bible and you want to and you want to do it and it just seems hard and it goes against everything. If we could just stream that down just a little bit, is that every habit, every habit is somewhat hard because if it's good, the motivation is, de- the, the reward is delayed. The reason habits that are bad are easy is because there's a quick reward in it. And we talked about the dopamine issue. But if we could just reshift, anything that you're going to do different is going to be hard. So let's don't look at it hard, like heavy, weighty, um, life-threatening. It's just hard in the sense because you're not used to doing it. It'd be like getting up, you're never really exercised, and and you go through a hard workout one day, and then the next day you are just brutally sore. And now you don't want to keep pushing through all that. So I'm just saying that when the moment your body does something, your mind does something that goes against what it normally is used to doing, that in and of itself is somewhat hard. But the good news is it doesn't take long for that to shift. It's not really a long gap before you can change what that habit is. And it's it's getting it that it becomes important. So it's it's not like I want to lose weight, so I'm going to form all these habits. That isn't motivational. It's almost, it's more like a an, an athlete will say, I'm a marathon runner, I'm gonna run, uh, compete in the Boston Marathon. So now the training and the habits in the training are more important because that will ultimately give the maximum opportunity for the results in the Boston Marathon. So we're we're looking at, we start embracing the joy of the habits and the habits become more important than the end of the habits. And I think maybe that's why habits, we just endure and hope God will just come through because we don't really see the habits as super important. We know they're critical, but we don't see a reward in the habit itself.
2: So what should be more important, developing the habit for the sake of having the habit or for the result of what the habit habit is supposed to produce?
1: I look at it as the hope, is the goal that we're going our role and responsibility is to do the habits it'd be the similar to is we're gonna I'm gonna live in the journey but I'm going somewhere that's my thought because anything that I need to do that will better us I realize if I'm having to be really laborious to get it done we just haven't built the habit structure to bring in those new ideas and so again this is why we talked about making the bed we talk about creating a normal rhythm around exercise we talk about we talk about those important characteristics that take us to the next next place and i like what david brought up of when depression hit he, he addressed it but now he knows to keep those habits in place that you can actually prevent a lot of things there's a preventative side that comes and a protective side that comes with habits and so if we 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 look at those differently versus letting our emotions take over and letting our what we feel do or even what we look at is hard is really more if we just don't do it so if we don't look at it, oh that's really hard just saying well i'm just going to embrace it and do it for a while and then afterwards kind of like the weightlifting and getting the six pack so okay a guy wants to commit suicide and this guy gives him a challenge when you're done with the challenge come back to me and then we can you know, then make your decision what you want to do. Most likely he won't come back to that because all of a sudden he realized he could do something more. And I think sometimes we need to look at this like, okay, I just need to take on this habit or I just need to do something a little bit harder today and make it part of my life so I can build that. And for some reason, we've made that a bad word. We've made it a bad thing. We've made it where it says endure hardness, we either make it that life is all about being hard and it's miserable and we're just barely making it through. So learn how to tie a good knot and hold on. Or we make it at, um, well, God's just going to do it. God's just going to do it. God's just going to do it. So there's, but it's neither one of really those two things. It's about you live in life with with God, but you're pushing yourself and it becomes joyous because you you discover there's more in you and you discover there's more in you and you discover there's more in you. And then you can deal with life that we can do. We can change our paradigm of what this is, but it becomes critical for our future that we have these things involved in our life.
0: As we were thinking about these habits, I was thinking about, I, I really enjoy kind of a slow start to my morning of like, I like to read, I like to have a glass of water, I like all the specific stuff. And that's how I've always kind of liked having my mornings through college, through high school. And now with my job, I have to wake up way earlier than I've ever had to ever before. And it makes this habit, this thing that I really enjoyed in the morning that got me mentally prepared for everything the rest of the day was almost taken away from me. Because now I'm I'm up earlier and I just got to shower. I got to get everything ready and I got to go and then I start my day and I I never really had anything. I never had that moment where I got to sit down, drink a glass of water, read something, reflect on my day. And I just think it's not necessarily the habit of what it is, but it's what that habit produces. So my habit was a slow start to a morning of reading, reflecting, to get me into that right space where I can feel like I'm ready for my day. Well, now I've woken up early, but now I just wake up a half, half, half an hour early. I still do all the stuff. I get ready. I, get to, I go, cause I feel like I can't do this at home and I drive to work and I have in half an hour. Well, what do I do? I take it nice and slow. I get a drink of water. I read my devotion. I sit down and think and I get the same outcome, I've just had to change how I, how I get to that outcome. Whereas before I could wake up slow, I could enjoy the morning. Now I, I wake up, I go, 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 go. Why? Because when I get to work, I will have that time before work actually starts to actually do what I need to do to make myself be put in that place where I can start to feel like I can get stuff done. Like I have control over my life. Like I have control over what I'm doing. Whereas before I would just go, 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 work. And then I'm halfway through my day and I realize, wow, I I feel like I'm just out of control. I'm just spinning. I don't even know. I'm trying to get everything going. I'm trying to focus <laughs> trying to focus here, focus there. I'm just getting all muffled. But for me it wasn't the habit of like I need an hour of like a slow start. No, I just needed what that hour hour produced. And I could get that in a much condensed time. I just needed to change how I was looking at it.
1: That is a great perspective of having a habit doesn't mean that you control the environments. If it's about controlling the environment, you really don't have a habit. You have a control that's not real. Like at some point, if you have a habit of doing something like you, I think you brought it out. Your real habit is I'm going to find a pocket of time that I will get my connecting space and to be my established space. I will get that. You You've had to adjust based on how the environment is where that would be and what time that would be and how that would come about. So your habit never was broken. It's just your environment's changed and you found a new place for that. And I think that is very different. That is the real thinking of a habit. Like um, you don't know when all of a sudden your emotions are gonna take over or you think, and now you gotta be objective and deal with those those things, those those feelings or whatever. But the more you have the habit in place of how you're gonna go about dealing with it, that doesn't get taken away. I, that was a great perspective. It's what the habit produces becomes the valuable point. So actually, they become almost like little weapons or tools to deal with life. Versus, I got to do this at six. I got to do this. There's a starting point for something, but then it it condenses into a tool of something more powerful. That, that's good.
2: How important then? Would you guys say it is to develop the right kind of habits because i know there's a couple people that come to mind that i know that have some bad habits and i don't mean they drink too much or they don't shower enough i mean the way they mentally approach things and handle situations they have these habits that are not healthy that this situation comes up and their habit of response is, let me tell a couple of people about it and tell people how woe is me because the situation is coming up. So how do we make sure we're actually putting in time to develop these positive, good habits and, and, and recognize when we have some of these mental hangups that are just, man, I just got this bad habit of mentally responding this way and we and we eliminate that.
1: Well, the one example I I was thinking of that came to mind was Jordan Peterson. And one of his goals, his his habit he would form is he would only speak the truth, what he knew to be true. So not just the truth, what he believed, what he knew to be true. And he said it was like it got rid of 98% of the things he could say because he didn't really know those things to be true. And it forced him to kind of come down and reevaluate what he was actually speaking. And so that would be one of those emotional habits. Another one is like when things are going against you, what are you going to let your mind go to? Like David brought up the dealing with when depression came. How are you going to respond to that? How are you going to respond when people reject you? And it's almost like you have to allow yourself to be in that mental scenario to see how you're going to respond but it's almost like we don't want to go to that mental scenario and i think that's a bigger bigger challenge but if we're going to be disciples of something with jesus as be a disciple a disciple carries about what his master does and a, a good picture of this is you know like in martial arts you have a master and so the students become like the master. The master models it. The master shows it. The master teaches it. The master walks you through to get to that point, And the master pushes back on you. So you have to get strengthened. And you have to compete with other people to see where that is. And I think we need to do that with the choices that we make of almost a little bit of a mental gymnastics that you're pushing against your feelings. And I think every habit at some point really that you are deliberate about strengthens your will. I said this before. Once your will is strengthened, you could pretty much enact any habit at any point because you know you will do it. You will keep your word about doing it. I remember when I was 16, I hit a point where I was done being fat. I just remember there came a point where I said, today I am done being fat. And it was from that moment on I dropped weight, hit a weight point and stayed at it up until I'm now only like 6 or 7 pounds away from that point that I was. It was like it triggered something in my brain that once I hit a certain size, everything locks. Nope, can't be here again. Like it it really that 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 conversation in my head locked me. We do this with on negative things as well, but I'm talking about the positive things. We create little walls in our mind that have to be broken. But I'm, I'm referring to those, those good decisions like, this is what I am. I will not bend off of this. And there comes a point, it's almost like the enemy doesn't know how to even deal with you because you won't bend off of that idea. That's where our habits become so strong is that we take a truth and we build on that. And that's kind of like building on the rock that Jesus talks about, we take his word and we build that on the rock. It's not about memorizing the scripture. It's not about just learning about it. It's not like going to 16 professors to get their concordance view on it. We look at it as in the mirror, we see it, and then we start just doing it. And we leverage that into our life. And it becomes a pillar. And I think that Tommy, I think you really clarified and summed that up. It's not what the habit is, it's what it produces. It's what it becomes on the inside of us, how it rewires us for a way of thinking. And that's this is really what scripture was designed to do: that you meditate on the word day and night, and you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You you become that because you're constantly building that into you and responding to life based on that idea
2: what do you think that's why paul spends so much time in romans saying you're not in the flesh you're in the spirit so walk in the spirit and in galatians if you were saved by grace and continue in grace and don't return to the law like there's so much of that in the new testament to just drastically shift that mindset like don't think this way anymore think this way now
3: yeah like on that idea of getting rid of the like kind of getting rid of the bad habits and knowing which habits are good and which habits are bad. Uh I think a lot of the bad if it's a bad habit, it's usually something that you start unintentionally. I have I can't think of any examples where you start you intentionally start one of those habits that doesn't have any fruit. But like being able to spot those bad habits just comes from intentionally thinking about what you do and what you say and things like that like for example uh when i was with friends you know and like we were playing a game and then they beat you it's like oh you suck why did you do that or something like that you know and you kind of see it as friendly banter but like i kind of just decided like the bible says not to ever say anything like that so i started to change what i said like never saying anything like that. And then I would say compliments way more. And it's I feel like it's changed a lot of getting rid of that bad habit of saying those things, even if it's in a friendly banter and exchanging it for like compliments and things like that. And even if (laughs) there's like an enemy or someone that's really annoying, doing that... Exchanging those mean things for a compliment, even if it's in that friendly banter, uh, it actually <laughs> the Bible says it pour it's like burnt, pouring burning coals on top of their head, right? So it's really easy to say those kind of words when you have that verse in the back of your head, and it builds you up. It make I, it makes thing, all things work good, and
1: it's a bit easier when you think about that verse. You know, I I think for some for some people to understand why Paul addresses the athlete, tells Timothy within your ministry, what you're called to do. Understand the athlete, understand the soldier, understand the hardworking farmer. It's not because he's trying to prep him for a miserable life. And I think we've got to get that out of our heads. Like, oh, if I do this and I'm not going to enjoy life. You know how much more fun it is to have amazing feelings because you work yourself when you can actually do a pull-up and it doesn't hurt your shoulders to to get up like and you can actually stand there and do a pull-up and it's like you could actually do a push-up without your back creaking and your shoulders popping and yeah it was hard getting there but there's something almost more satisfying to have the strength of resolve to deal with all of that And to
0: be able to to stand tall to it there are rewards for doing the right thing and i think it goes back to also motivations like why do you want to do this habit but that's still you still get the rewards no matter what no matter what your motivation is for that habit you're going to reap the rewards of what you do so it goes back Exactly to the farmer, the farmer sows, he plants, he waters, he gardens, but he does get the reward of a harvest. Even if it sucks in all the other times of all the hard work, all the long hours, all the long days of working, 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 but he gets the first fruits. He gets to reap the reward for what he put in. And I think that's something that we we shouldn't forget about, too, when we're going through habits of anything. And I think, Jason, you, you kind of opened my mind to this of about being a healthy person. It doesn't mean you have to go to a gym every day to be healthy. There's many ways to be healthy outside of going to a gym and you do get rewarded for doing those things, whether it's in a gym, outside a gym, or however it gets accomplished, you do get rewarded for that. And even if that reward is just a, a healthy body, knowing that you can you can sustain yourself.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking of that that farmer example, and I think of three different options there. So you're either, and to be super cliche with it, you're either planting good things that will grow and you will harvest the good things, Or you're planting crappy things because someone told you, well, this is a good thing to plant like there. And this would be a too much of a bind trail to get into, but I was talking with my wife the other day about how we have so many cultural, bad mental habits that you're taught are healthy ways to deal with things. And they're just not healthy. But people are planting those because that's what they're told are the right habits to do. You know, and I'm not going to get into specifics. There's just, there's a lot of shady seeds out there that people are selling but there's also the third kind of person that instead of planting anything they just sit there and they're like man it's really a bummer i don't have a crop of anything in my field and then they'll invite friends over and they'll all sit in the house on the porch and talk about how much of a bummer it is that nothing's grown in the field you haven't you haven't planted anything and then you'll hire a therapist to come over and tell you how how well, poor soul you are because your neighbor's got a lot in their field but there's not much in your field and let's just talk about that for a while and you gotta put stuff in the ground and something's gonna grow we'll put it that way
3: yeah okay so how i see like how you need to do hard work and then there's the enjoyment like if you think about solomon he sought after all these pleasures of life 500 wives he had He could have had all the money in the world, all of this. And in the end of all this that he found, everything became meaningless because it's like once you pursue this, it gets old after a while. Once you do this, it gets old after a while. And he finally and he kind of said, like, the only thing. Now, there is meaning in life, and that's Jesus, as said in first Peter, but it says you were saved god saved jesus saved us from our the empty lives handed down to by our ancestors so ecclesiastes is written in a in a way of a life that was meaningless because it didn't have jesus yet but uh when he talks about all these things being completely pointless and all of the meaninglessness he did say that the one thing that is worth it is like In Ecclesiastes 3, 9 through 13, it says, What profit has the worker from in which he labors? I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are occupied. He has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find the work that God does from the beginning. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives, and that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the fruit of his labor. It is the gift of God. And so this is the only, the word in the end, he kind of says, like working and uh, and uh, fearing the Lord are like the two things that have meaning in the meaningless meaningless life. And he kind of now, now we have a meaning. But before when we didn't have a meaning, it's just every man should eat and drink and enjoy the fruit of his labor. It is the gift of God.
2: So then is there something to, as as an encouragement, God is with you and going to bring something from the effort that you put into it. Like you're not going to start something with him and it's going to just fall flat and produce nothing.
1: Well, I think even too the encouragement of, I know we're talking about habits, but just if it's a sewing. It, it really is. You're sowing something into your life to produce something. And it might be small, but there is a reward. And, it, and it's interesting that our chemical makeup actually rewards you in those things more than any other area. And that's a really good verse, by the way. Um, it goes to show that our daily function is where the reward is. Yes. It builds to something bigger, But we can have regular wins just by taking on this idea of creating habits and just doing some of the hard things and then enjoying the short term outcomes of those hard things and creating smaller fragments of building blocks that we can enjoy the reward. Like, you know, I, I had done some really hard labor jobs, really hard labor jobs. And at the end of the day, you're like. Wow. There's a sense of like it it was hard, but it was like we accomplished something today. Something got done and there was something satisfying and there was something just rewarding in the completion of that process. I think that ties into that, what you were saying. That's really good. And I think even, too, with Jesus, it's not so much you hitting your end goal, which you will. There's a promise to it, but it's not so much like I have to have a goal and when I hit this, I'll be satisfied. We are, it's more of, this is the process I'm going at to get to that goal. And people are watching more of the process of you getting to that place than they are of what you actually get to. What ministers to people is your process, because that encourages them, not just your end destination. Like if you were to, I'm cutting that, that's a whole rabbit trail, I won't do that. And I think this really becomes a powerful point because people are watching. Like, I, I've watched you, Jason, things you've done on, on your habits. It encouraged me. Tommy, I watched you with things that you've done. It's encouraged me. I watched David in in some of the habits and things he's done. It's almost said, like, man, I can do that. It, it encouraged me. It wasn't the destination. He hadn't even hit his destination that he wants to accomplish. It was the fact of the disciplines of him getting to the destination inspired me. So maybe if we could even add changing habits from how it will better us, changing habits from getting over the mindset of something hard, but the confidence like I'm becoming braver and I can win. But maybe we drop even that I'm doing this habit. Maybe it's not just about me. Maybe just doing the habit will have a positive effect on some other person. That's the byproduct. We don't even know it's being created.
2: Having kids really puts that in perspective because you see them start to pick up your good habits and your bad ones. Not that I have any bad ones but for other people that might, you know. So I've
1: one quite quick question for David. In the habit where you did, where you chose not to even have the 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 bantering negative sarcasm, which normally was fun, and you chose to do something else, what has that done? relationally that you've observed?
3: Honestly, I think that might be... Because I've actually noticed... uh, I think, I don't know who, but I feel like I've noticed uh, other people kind of have a way where they are just really positive. And it's such a good atmosphere to be around, to just someone that's always positive and never saying anything bad, you know? And not that criticism is bad. Constructive criticism is good. And yeah. you should use it. I I can't know how other people see that change. It might be something, I don't know if other people respect it or notice it. But it for me, I've noticed when I've been around people like that, it just creates a positive atmosphere.
0: I would say that it almost doesn't matter whether those other people notice too. Because you're creating in yourself your own atmosphere of what you want to create. And that in itself can be a reward too. But I also think it's important to think about what are you displaying to others? And how does that, how, do, how does what you do today leave a legacy for tomorrow for people to follow? And if you were to leave today and people knew the habits you had now, how would they view you in in that light? I think that's super eye-opening for me. It's like, man, maybe some of the stuff that I'm doing today that's just kind of become a habit isn't actually productive and isn't actually what I want my life to become and be known for. And I think David, those little those little steps, that little thing, that actually is huge. And even though it's in just playful banner in a game that will carry over into bigger things when you're working in your business on a big project, instead of constantly harping on why someone's doing something wrong, focusing on the good and the strength in them, that'll actually push them to go further and actually accomplish what you want them to accomplish. And that goes back to these little habits of how do these little habits then produce long term results or how does this little thing actually become something big and important later on? And I think you just showed us, David, these little ways that you talk to people in games, that'll, that's going to change your future one day.
2: And that hundred percent is something that five, 10 years down the road, you look back on and you're like, man, that planted something really beneficial that I'm seeing today. And in my experience, at least, there's going to be some people that observe that now that will just get more entrenched in their negativity and their whateverness. But there's going to be a lot of people that it, it hits something in them where it's like, man, you know what? I want to, I want to be like David more. That's way better.
3: Yeah. The benefit of it rubbing off on other people is also good. It makes all your environments also the same way.
1: When we're walking away from this, if there's two ideas I could really Probably establishes principles to help with what we're trying to talk about of focusing on today, focusing on what you can pull out of today, focusing on what you can bring out of yourself into today. Remove the idea that doing something hard is doing something bad or doing something you don't want to. It is really what you want to do, but maybe you lack the confidence, you've lacked the disappointment, you have other mindsets that are keeping you. But if you realize you remove those mindsets for a moment, it's really what you want to do. You want to be tested. You want to see how far you could go. You want to see what's on the inside of you. Well, you want to see what your capabilities are. It's really something that we want, and we've been conditioned to not go after that. Think of the master plan of that. How do we get someone to not discover who they really are? We'll put a lid on them, make life easier, get them distracted with ease versus them giving themselves to something that could be hard, that could be challenging, that could push the limits of what they are. But then when they're done, they're so stretched into something stronger. And even when we're talking about like the Hacksaw Ridge and Desmond Doss. He had to learn how to do that bowline, and even though he was laughed and he, he had a, it, about how he did the rope, and it just seemed so nonsense. He even laughed about it as if it wasn't important. But it was that that knot that saved, that helped save these men coming down. That habit of being ridiculed over his knot, and how he did it, and learning to do it right, and getting it right, and do all that or even the times where he had to learn how to deal with the rejection of the people around him, or he had to go face what it felt like his friends, but they all became their enemies, and still go out and love. He rescued some of these men that ridiculed him. He rescued in the face of an enemy coming in. He had to go do all this. Think about how fulfilling his life when he looked back on that moment. If his prayer wasn't, God, get us out, his prayer was, God, give me one more. Give me one more. That's, that's a resolve that he's he would be unsatisfied in life without going and doing one more hard thing. I, I think we could build that and think about what life would be like. I'm just saying, take the things that are in front of you and push yourself to do something just that's hard, a little harder than what it is, just a little hard, and push into it. See what happens when you do that and you find a whole world that you didn't even know was sitting there.
2: I'm going to leave one more random thought before Tommy closes it up here. But I think there's some people that instead of talking with your therapist about the difficult situations in your life, you need to just start practicing one little habit that's going to positively affect your mindset and don't tell people about it, not to hide it from everyone. But if you're telling people, oh, I'm going to start this new habit. I'm going to wake up at 7 a.m. every day and work out for 30 minutes then one, the, the response you get back from those people is going to disappoint you. It's not going to be what you think it is. And even if it is the first day, it's going to be gone in a week because they're not going to be behind you. It needs to be a habit that you are doing, not you know absent from God, but with your father, but with and for you. And it needs to be something that takes your mind off of the the cycle of depression about what's going on and how you can't do this, and this person's doing this that affects you, and I know your life's so busy, so it's hard to develop new habits right now. I get it, but you need to suck it up and do something and just keep it to yourself for a little bit and see what develops inside of you while you do that. That's my really rainbow flowers and bunnies encouraging comment for the end here.
3: In the words of Rudyard Kipling, if you can gain everything and lose it on a game of pick and toss and then lose everything and not speak a word about your loss, you'll be a man, my friend.
0: Well, with that being said, I would challenge everyone this week. Go do something that's just a little bit harder than what you'd normally do. Um, push to do one more. Push to be one more. Push to love one more. I would encourage everyone to do something hard and do it well. Keep the faith and stay in the fight.